This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Hello, everyone. Great to have you along here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino, and this is Where Parents Talk. Each week, we try to share some parenting wisdom, courtesy of science, and the lived experience of our guests. On today's show, we're going to discuss proven tactics and strategies to embrace calm as parents and to elevate that feeling of serenity in the midst of the numerous responsibilities that come with raising children. Our guest is a certified high-performance coach, an entrepreneur, and an author. Jenna Hermans is also experienced in organizational management and human resources, and she is a mother of four within a blended family. Her first book is called From Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm. Jenna joins us today from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Time really is at the essence and heart of what we're going to be talking about today. Jenna, let's start by having you define calm as you see it as it relates to being a parent. The way that I define calm specifically for parenting is how we can own our nervous systems, how we can, as parents, make sure that our nervous systems are taken care of so that we are showing up as our best selves for our children and our partners and our greater community. Take us through how you came to that realization in your own life. So this began when after our fourth child was born, who was the only child that I created in our family and found myself in this scenario of now a mother of four children with a traveling husband. And then we had started a business, the my husband and I together, and we had moved from Los Angeles to the San Francisco Bay Area. And so with all of this change and all of these shifts, I had a bit of an identity whiplash (laughs) and my nervous system took the biggest hit in that where I started having anxiety attacks and having these panic attacks pretty regularly and realized that my nervous system was so overloaded that it needed to be calmer And that's when I began the process for myself to calm my nervous system and create an infrastructure of calm in our home. At what point, though, along that journey, after having that physical reaction to it that you describe, did you say to yourself, this cannot continue, I need to make a change? There was a moment that it just all happened at once, that it hit me. And it was while I was breast pumping, um, breast milk pumping, my young, our youngest, he wouldn't latch, and that I was having yet another panic attack before the kids were about to come home from school. They were all in elementary school in the time, and they were going to need snacks and attention and homework help. And in that moment, that's where I realized coming out of that last panic attack, wait a minute, I have so many tools and so many tactics from my formal and informal education, from my professional adventures, from running HR teams and managing cultures, as well as I ran a preschool for five plus years. 
and have a psychology degree and like you said, organizational management degree and that I have all of this experience and all of these tools that I could implement into my life to make it run that much more smoothly. And so with all that knowledge, with all that expertise and experience, where did you turn to next? What was your starting point to really affect change in your own life? I pinpointed one of my biggest stressors and started there. And that biggest stressor stressor at the time, um, which continues to be one of the biggest pressures of my parenting existence, is around the concept of food and food preparation, meal preparation, making sure that we have the groceries in the house and how do you get the groceries and meal planning and everything that being a family, um, especially one of however many people, right? Not when you're not just feeding yourself. So the first thing I did was implement a meal plan for our family. And, and in that figuring out every day, what are we going to be having for the week and doing that every Sunday? What are our meals going to be? and listing all the groceries needed against that, one day of grocery shopping, and having that be one less thing on my plate. Because come 4.30 every day, it was like this big surprise. Oh no, dinner again. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things you talk about in your work is the idea of owning your calm. What do you mean by that as a parent? So when I say owning your calm, it means that you as a parent are responsible for your calm, that it is yours and yours alone to understand and have the self-awareness and to reflect upon your history and to project into your experience about what is going to help you be your calmest self. This is Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. Our guest is Jenna Hermans entrepreneur, author, and mother of four. We're talking about ways to lessen stress and sustain calm as a parent. Now you talked about identifying food as a key stressor for yourself. Once you made that realization, what was your next step? After sorting through food, I found what I did not coin at the time, but now have for myself as the brilliant basics. And that covers getting ample sleep, which is hard as a, especially as a new parent, when you have a newborn or infant or through toddlerhood, right? It takes a long time as most parents know for kids to sleep through the night, but doing your best to get as much sleep as possible. Um, the second brilliant basic is nutrition is getting in nutrition to your body, sustenance, eating, making sure that you're getting regular meals and snacks as much as we feed our children. We oftentimes forget to feed ourselves and to be prepared for our own sustenance, right? Um, I know that as a new mom, I would throw all these snacks in my bag all the time. My kids are going to be hungry. They need snacks, but I would never prepare anything for myself. So getting my nutrition on track was a big part of owning my calm. And then the third is hydration along with nutrition, making sure that being properly hydrated so that You can think better, you can sleep better. Nutrition, hydration going together just influence the body and the mind so much. And then the fourth is exercise, making sure that you're moving, that you are getting your blood flowing and releasing those natural, you know, activators of, of serotonin and of dopamine as well. Connection is the fifth 
brilliant basic. And that is connecting with people outside of your home, remembering that you belong to a community, that there is this bigger world outside and connecting to nature, to mother earth, to looking at the, at the sky and feeling the sun, breathing in fresh air, seeing trees. So connecting to the bigger picture of where we exist on this planet. Now, you describe going from chaos to calm as a shift. You know, you look at those words, you look at those states, and they're polar opposites. It seems like much more than a shift. How do you propose that people try to make that shift as you describe it? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of noticing. It's a lot of the mentality when it goes, when it, when going from chaos to calm as a mental model. And it's really like, if you can envision this in your mind right now, that there is a storm happening. There's a hurricane of stuff. It's chaotic. Stuff is flying everywhere. But as we've learned, there's the eye in the center of the storm that is calm, that there's nothing happening. It is still, and it is, it is possible to be that calm pillar of strength in the middle while everything is swirling all around. And so when I say going from chaos to calm, being able to move into that eye of the storm is by putting in these bricks of infrastructure, whereas you've now have a system of calm that you can lean on and notice, ah, oh, the chaos is happening all around, but I have my infrastructure in that system of calm for myself. Let's dig into that infrastructure a little bit. Um, as you describe it, what would you say are some of the pillars that you have used and perhaps talk about in the book as well that form that infrastructure? So just like the brilliant basics, there is another, another number of five, five pillars of calm. The first being efficiency. How do we get the things done that we have to do with less time and less energy so that you have more space and time and energy for the things that you want to do. And so being able to take care of chores and tasks and so many things that are responsibilities in our lives, whether at home or at work and getting them done in a way that is the most efficient will make one feel the most calm, right? Of knowing, oh, I have so much more thinking energy in the morning versus at night. So I'm going to plan to structure, you know, to do some thinking about this project that I have coming up. I'm going to do that in the morning, right after I drop off the kids from school, or I'm going to wake up before there the house is, you know, a buzz with everyone doing their morning routines. So it's noticing how you can use your time and utilizing your natural energy flows to create that infrastructure of efficiency for yourself. And that's pillar number one. And then pillar number two is habits. So how to create healthy habits that support your calm and then ditch habits that don't serve you because it's so e easy as a parent and as not to fall into habits that don't serve us and, or they have a secondary gain, right? That it's so easy to turn on your phone in a moment of feeling overwhelmed or flustered or lonely and start scrolling on social media and but it may be that your reason for doing that is because you're seeking connection, not be, or you're seeking just to escape from your reality, but that's not actually benefiting you. It's not giving you what you're looking for. 
So how to ditch those old habits that don't serve your calm and rather how to put in ones that do. And so that second pillar is really about the, the noticing of what is missing and what you can add and how you can properly do that so that you are set up for success. The third pillar is community. And that is, is about how do you create or edit the community of people around you to support your calm so that you have humans around you that you feel like you can talk to, you can connect with, that understand what you're going through, who can support your family and you support theirs, and that you feel like you have a sense of belonging with. And I'm not talking about within the family unit, I'm talking outside of the family because we are in a society and the culture that we live in right now is very isolated, that everyone is kind of in their own microcosms of their homes. And we experienced this to the nth, right? Where everyone was stuck at home and wasn't able to be a part of the bigger communities for a significant amount of time. And we know the effects of that mental health um, went through the roof, mental health issues skyrocketed during that time. So being able to connect with others outside of your home and have people around you who enhance your calm is greatly beneficial as a parent when owning owning your calm. There's actually a portion in the community chapter that helps you to assess your current community um, and to edit the community from there. If there are people that you feel like you need to release because they're depleting of your energy and adding to your chaos. So that is built into the chapter of the book as well, because that is such um, a, a kind of taboo topic on releasing friendships or, or, you know, cutting toxic relationships from your life. The fourth is communication. So you have the people in your world, you have this edited down community, you have the people who you cannot edit, <laughs> who live with you and your in-laws or whatever it is. Um, how do you most effectively communicate with those around you to get the support that you need and to feel like you are getting heard? And that is a, a key pillar of calm because we have to interact with, with others. It is the nature of our human existence and especially as parents. So how do we connect best with our kids and with our partner and with our community to gain their support so that we are not so isolated and alone and um, solo in our parenting journey? And then the fifth and final pillar is self-care. And that is how do you take care of the most important person in your life? which is you, because no one can do that for you. No one can take care of you. No one can do your brilliant basics. No one can sleep for you, eat for you, et cetera. So it's building in these micro moments of self-care into the day, into the week, into the month that fill your cups. You're not always pouring from an empty one, but they can keep refilling within the hour throughout the day etc. It's time for a short break. Our conversation about alleviating stress and overwhelm and elevating calm as a parent with entrepreneur, author, and mom of four, Jenna Hermans, will continue after the break. We'll be right back. Want to learn more about the show? 
Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. I'm Leanne Castellino, and we're in conversation with Jenna Hermans, a performance coach, author, and mother of four, talking about strategies to adopt a more calm approach to parenting. You were diagnosed with ADHD as a child. Were there any tools that you had to adopt as a result of that diagnosis that have also helped you alleviate stress in your own life since then? Yes. Um, So as a child, I didn't know I was neurodivergent until I actually was teenagerdom when I was diagnosed. And before being diagnosed in noticing that my mind worked differently, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be that way. I wanted to be able to behave like everyone else, to be able to think like everyone else, which is impossible as we know to think like anyone other than ourselves. Um, But to be as productive as others were, because that was where it showed up the most was in the classroom. And so I built tools in the school setting for myself that helped with me staying on track on being able to take care of my responsibilities and my assignments. And even at home, I would add chores and tasks I needed to do personally as well. And so I, I started with a journal and I took one of those weekly and daily journals and would write in what was what was important every day, the priorities of what I needed to do, the things that were non-negotiables, like going to class, and then other priorities outside of school that I knew I needed to do, or like class assignments, projects coming up, et cetera. So I started using this journal before journals became popular (laughs) by creating, I effectively created my own journal um, or daily and daily journals. So that's where I began in my tool with my tools before getting diagnosed and then brought that with me after diagnosis as well, because it was working. It's what got the job done. I was able to graduate high school with great grades and go to a a good college and then eventually got my master's degree as well. And all because I had organized myself and my time so that I could be more, more of a straight line than like this, even though my life has been like this anyway. Right. But so how can I use this more like a superpower? So scratching the straight line, moving (laughs) and more being able to utilize this and understanding my brain works this way. So I'm going to make that work for me and realizing as I became a parent that uh, the mind of a parent is a lot like my mind as, an, as someone with ADD, that it is going like this all the time. It is so non-linear. And, you know, I it happens to me often where I'll start a load of laundry and then I get distracted by like, oh, well, I was supposed to go take someone to an orthodontist appointment. And then while I'm there, there's the ping on my phone. Oh my gosh, there's this bill that needs to be paid. And, you know, and then you go down the spiral of all the different things. And later, much later, 
the laundry has been sitting there forever and smells disgusting. So the how-to was how to make these tools that I had built for myself to be productive and efficient in my professional life and bring them into my personal life as a mom as well. And they serve, they have served me very well, thankfully. <laughs> um, and yes, like you mentioned, they are a, a lot of them are listed in the book. And one of the biggest ones is owning the calendar and knowing that my that I'm I use my calendar as a tool versus my calendar owning me, that I can control it. It's a very important point, I think. There are very few people who are not slaves to their calendar these days, right? And to your point about getting notifications on your smartphone about this thing and that thing, let's talk about that piece in terms of technology, uh, which has been central uh, to you know to your success in sort of navigating this. Can you give us some examples of technology that you feel has really worked for you and that you'd like to share with other parents? I use the Google Suite to its fullest capacity on um, with emails and tasks and calendars and Google Keep and all of, I mean, they have a bazillion different apps and, and things to use. But with that, I, I love that their purpose is to organize the world's information. And I have used that in my own world as using Google to organize my information and my life. And so using the calendar and being able to share with my husband, we share calendars with each other. And I have a family calendar as well that my kids can see. Most recently, I made a summer 2023 calendar and I taught all my kids how to use Google Calendar on their phones so that they can see at any given time, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, just look in the calendar and you'll see it and you'll know the timing or if there's any other notes, I put it in there. So as a parent, I'm not getting bombarded all the time. When did we go to this place? When's my dentist appointment? Can I go to this? Can I go to the movies with my friend on Thursday night? You know, it's like, look in the calendar. It's all right there. Search function, look next week, et cetera. Uh, so that is one of the tools that I use. You have four children between the ages of six and 16. How have the adjustments you've made in your own life towards less stress and more calm impacted how you parent. One of the biggest impacts was the element of curiosity, was me asking them questions and and taking a beat, right? So when I started on my process of calm, I decided I'm going to respond versus react to my kids. And in doing so, my one of my first Items of business was when they would come to me with something they've done or with a question, I would ask questions for clarity. I would show up with curiosity versus assuming I knew why they did what they had done or why they were asking for what they were asking for. And so coming with curiosity and saying, huh, so you want to get this game on your phone. What's that about? You know, and someone and one of my sons said one time he goes my friend you know i have this friend who's playing this game and i really enjoy hanging out with him but so often you know because we play different things we don't have as much to talk about i'd love to be able for us to talk about this game together can i can i have that game for that reason and i'm like heck yeah you can have the game for that reason about connecting with your friend it's not just another form of escapism oh i heard about a cool game let me just play it um so 
showing up with curiosity helped me to be that much more calm because I'm now in a place of understanding versus assuming responding versus reacting also is a, is role modeling for our children as well. And so that they then in their interactions with their peers, with their teachers, as they leave the home, that they then also sat back for a moment. And instead of, again, having that gut reaction, no, that doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to do that. Can sit back, assess their internal state, assess what's going on on the outside, and then appropriately respond better as well. So the more they see us do it, the better they become at that as well, because that that's their learning, right? They're learning by watching what we do. Jenna, why was it important for you to write from chaos to calm? You know, what's so funny, Leanne, is that when I started writing this book, I didn't know that I was writing a book. I was just writing. I was reflecting and I began writing these things down, right? The beginnings of this book that I didn't know were a book. After I'd got asked the question often, how are you managing the four kids, traveling husband, running a business with no family around, no built-in infrastructure, no hired help, no long-term friendships. You're starting, you know, from scratch, having moved from Los Angeles up to San Francisco and still building ourselves here. And I got asked that question so often, how are you managing all of this and not losing your marbles all the time? And well, I start off with saying, yes, I did lose my marbles for a period of time, but here's how, how I got out of it and how we have, and we have the, these building blocks set up now, right? That infrastructure of calm now. And after having been asked the question so much, I thought, huh, I should probably write these things down and reflect on them. And as they showed up, as more and more these ideas, concepts, tools, techniques showed up in my mind, I just kept writing them down. And after about a year of reflecting and journaling and just putting, you know, the words on a page, because that's how I process, I process through writing, uh, I realized, wow, I have a lot of content here and there had been a seed planted in my mind at one point with amongst all the questions and people asking, how, how are you doing this? And me saying, well, I started with meal planning and then I worked on my sleep and worked through those things. They said, whoa, you should write a book because I would totally read that book. And lo and behold, that seed had grown into a sprout. And after about a year of all that writing, I thought, huh, maybe that's what this should become. And I had put it out there to some people, which is this something that you would be interested in? And thankfully, um, and, and humbly the response was always yes. And here we are now a few years later with chaos to calm. <laughs> that's a great story. Um, can I ask you, Jenna, what do you want readers of the book to leave with? I want them to leave with the knowing that if there is something um, that they want to accomplish, that they can, and that the current state that they're living in of overwhelm and chaos um, is is not permanent, and that there is something that can be done about it. And yes, the the overwhelm and the chaos show up from time to time, right? Even still, for myself, I find myself in those moments, and I need to use my own tools to get out of it, and that's okay. But 98% of the time, I'm owning my calm. I am right there and I'm able to, to get back there whenever 
you know, the earth shifts and it, and it got a little too much. So it is possible to get out of that overwhelm and, and to find that calm. Jenna Hermans, performance coach, entrepreneur, author, and mother. Thank you so much for sharing your time and thoughts with us today. Thank you so much for having me. That is this edition of Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks so much for listening. Happy parenting. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.